Welcome back to the Brian DeVore Connection. I'm your host, Brian DeVore. Preparing for uh, your later years in life. Uh, it's very important to know where you're going to live and how you're going to spend the rest of your life. Well, here to talk to us about what he does in helping seniors do that is Douglas Brewer. Douglas, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. Thank Great. you. So uh, we're going to talk about senior placement and what that all means, but you have an interesting background that really tells the story about why you got into what you're doing. So tell us a little right. about yourself and how right. you got into this. First of all, thank you for having me. Appreciate the opportunity. And um, so originally, I, I had nothing to do with senior living. I started out my career in criminal justice. I uh, was working for the DA's office here in San Diego, uh, and then eventually moved to be a probation and parole officer for the state of Idaho. And uh, it was the other other end of the spectrum. I was working for, with juveniles at the time. Okay. Um, but the foundation of case management was there. I was doing investigations. I was doing assessments, interventions, and uh, case planning, ca uh, uh, care, case management. Uh, and then, uh, you know, I did that for several years. It was a wonderful opportunity, great job, great team. But I was looking for something more. Uh, and I found that with the state of Oregon. Started working as an adult protective service specialist investigation, investigating allegations of abuse and neglect of seniors and people with disabilities. So um, I had never worked with seniors or uh, with seniors and people with disabilities before. It was a whole new territory for me. Um, and uh, I'll tell you, the first week that I went out, the, uh, my mentor, cherry-picked the cases to kind of give me the harsh reality of the position that I held. Um, but I tell you, within that first week, I realized that, that was the niche that was for me. It was a very natural fit. Um, I was, what was so appealing for me was it was uh, a really great opportunity to be able to have an immediate and positive impact in someone's life. When I go out and see and, and deal with these cases, um, we were dealing with anything from you know, physical abuse to neglect of care, uh, self-neglect, um, you know, uh, financial exploitation. Mm -hmm. um, and so you know, I could come into a very negative situation where someone could potentially be in you know, really drastic straits in, in harm's way, um, assess the situation, triage, put together a plan, and be able to implement all of the uh, you know, uh, uh, interventions that needed to take place to make a difference in their life. And we could see that immediately. You could see it the same day sometimes. So it was, you know, I was very enthusiastic about that position. And I did that for a number of years, um, really enjoyed the work that I did, uh, but then moved into supervisory role and then eventually moved into a regional management role with the state of Oregon. So I was handling all of the long-term care services for the Central Oregon Territory. So I um, we handle all the long-term care case management, all the in-home support services or you know, in-home care. Uh, we handled the residential home licensing and inspections. Um, we did the uh, eligibility for uh, health care and nutritional assistance plans. Um, and then we did, of course, the adult protective services piece. And that gave me the other side of things, that long-term, from the point that someone enters into our system, whether it's through APS or whether it's someone applying because they have a financial need, all the way to the point that they end services. And for a lot of people, for most people, that was the rest of their lives. And so we were case care planning and, and case managing that. So um, triaging, determining the need, um, putting together a case plan and, 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 and managing that case through the end of their services. Um, you know, again, it was another great opportunity to be able to have such a positive impact in someone's life. You know, really, it wasn't just putting a menu of services together, it was, it was, uh, it, you know, it was empowering them to be healthy, safe, and independent. You know, people that initially were kind of floundering and not quite sure what they were going to do next. They weren't getting the care that they need. They weren't getting the health care they need. They weren't getting the services to be able to allow them to be, to be able to live their life. 
and we were able to come in and, and have an impact on that. So, um, you know, I did that for quite a while and then eventually decided that I uh, had a family and we wanted to be closer to family here in San Diego. So we decided to move back to San Diego. So that's how I ended my position there. Got it. So you have a very, very uh, robust experience. Yeah with working with seniors, f the full gamut of things. And you've probably, you've seen a lot. Yeah. Um, and seniors definitely need the assistance and need the help and need the guidance for what they right. need now. Mm -hmm. um, and long-term, mm -hmm. and long-term planning. Um, and that's kind of where you come in now, right. where you're helping people decide where they're gonna live you know, for the long-term. So how right. did you get into the placement profession? It was, it was kind of a natural progression of things, you know. Uh, originally, I started, when I came back here to San Diego, I was working on a project with a partner of mine. Um, we did that for a couple of years, but he ended up passing away. So I needed to find something new. And so I eventually progressed on to uh, working as a senior living advisor for um, one of the kind of larger uh, national agencies. Um, and. Uh, I, you know, I, I didn't want to go back into government services because I kind of like the private sector and I, I enjoyed having a little bit more freedom, the ability to be able to have time for my family um, and you know, be flexible with my schedule. So that's kind of why I chose uh, moving into you know, a private profession, but also a senior living advisor was, it was a natural fit because you know, it's still putting all the pieces together for someone who's in a position where they're not quite sure what to do next. Um, someone, you know, whether they're in, 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 you know, a situation where it's crisis mode or whether they're just simply trying to figure out all of the different options. Most people don't plan for this and most people don't think about what all their options are or what stages they would like to kind of look in, you know, look at the options for senior care. And so um, it's, it was, you know, that's what I did for so many years with the state of Oregon was helping people put together the pieces to be able to help keep them healthy, safe, and independent. And that's what we do as, as a senior living advisor is we put, help them put together a plan to be able to you know, keep them safe, keep them, get the care that they need, and you know, whether it's uh, in home or whether it's you know, moving into a community or moving into some other situation, um, it, put it, helping them you know, when they're not quite sure, kind of creating order out of chaos and figuring out what to do next. Right. So, and, and you, you mentioned it perfectly just there about people don't usually plan for this. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and so then they're caught by surprise. Yeah. And in the world of senior living, you have independent living, you have assisted living, and mm -hmm. when you're starting early, you have all these options available. Everything's right. available to you. Right. The longer you wait, perhaps, if things yeah. start happening, the number of choices goes down. Exactly. And so you want to talk with them as early as possible. So when you are meeting with a client, whether it's them or their loved ones or both together, um, how does that conversation go, and, and what, does that, what does that job look like, the, what you do for them? Okay. Well, initially, you know, I, I start out with a phone conversation, whether, you know, they're calling me or I have a referral where somebody says, hey, this person needs some help, and I give them a ring. So start out with a phone conversation, talking to them about and just getting a 10,000-foot level, you know, uh, perspective of what's going on. But, you know, my personal preference is to... Uh, is to meet with them individually, to you know, or personally, to do an interview, to do an assessment, um, to try to really you know, uh, um, you know, get uh, see that person in their natural environment, you know, where they're living, at their home, if that's possible, if they're coming from a distance, at least being able to do a Zoom call so I can meet that individual. Um, so we'll do a, a, an initial assessment to kind of determine not only just care needs and checking all those boxes and. Um, one of the things I noticed, or one of the things I had difficulty with when I was working for a national agency was it was a matter of just checking boxes 
and then putting it into an algorithm and then you'd get a bunch of communities that may or may not be appropriate for this person, but it's not really that simple. Um, yeah, there are the care needs and yes, you know, you can, you know, try to figure out exactly, you know, what communities will meet all those care needs and there are many of them that will, but there's also the person's preferences, their lifestyle, their story. And that's another thing that's missing in some of the larger national corporations is they're not really interested in the client's story. They're just interested in processing that commodity. Um, whereas I want to hear their story. I want to hear about their lives. I want to hear what their likes and dislikes are, what their hobbies are, what their preferences are. Because that's going to make a big difference in the type of community that they're looking at. Um, so there's such a vast variety of communities here in San Diego and we're really fortunate to have that. Um, but, you know, it's it, not every community fits every individual. So you really need their story. You need to learn more about that person individually. And really, you know, that can only happen if you're actually meeting them like we are face to face. Right. Um, it's harder on a Zoom call, but it's possible. But, you know, I, I don't believe in just simply checking off a box, a bunch of boxes, and then spitting out a list um, because you're not doing your client a service. Um, so, you know, I learn as much as I can about that individual and I put together what I think, you know, or five communities that might be good options for them and then we'll discuss and kind of give a little preview of um, each one of them and chat a little bit about you know what that might look like and they can say which ones they want to see and which ones they don't really want to see and then at that point I give them the choice I can be the you know the the middleman in between there or I can give their information to the marketer from the community and that, that marketer can reach out to them or, or they can reach out to the marketer uh, my personal preference is to kind of allow me to take the reins and kind of help them through this process More and schedule on. everything. You know, that's why I like to be I like to be as involved in the process as possible to make it easier for them and take the headaches of this process away from them. So, um, you know, calling the marketer, talking to them a little bit about what's going on, arranging for a tour, um, and my preference is always to tour with the individual. You know, I was again, it's client choice though. I want to make sure they're comfortable with that if they want to uh, tour individually. Um, that's fine, but I'll let them know I'd really prefer to, you know, walk the community with them because, you know, at that point, the next step is doing an after-action review, kind of figuring out what they liked, what they didn't like. You know, I also like to get the vibe from them when I'm walking with them, you know. I can tell if somebody doesn't really like what they see. Uh, and then if you're sitting down with them for lunch, which is always my preference, is to try to do a, a you know, a, a lunch meeting, or a lunch tour so that they can taste the food, which is everybody's top priority when right. they go to a community. Um, sitting down with them and you can tell if somebody's really that enthused about what they're eating or what they're not. So, you know, I can get a real perspective of, you know, what, what, what they, if they liked it or not. Um, because, you know, that's important to me because if, if they're not really comfortable with it but they're feeling pressure from somewhere else to be able to make that choice, um, I want to know that and, you know, try to help them uh, to make sure that they're comfortable with it because they're the person that can't, I mean, they're the ones that are going to, they're the person that's going to be living there their, it's, it's, it's going to be their lifestyle, so it's their choice. So after that point, you know, we'll take a look at uh, you know, all the communities after we've done the tours, chat a little bit about what they liked, what they didn't like. You know, if at that point they're comfortable making a decision, then fantastic. You know, we can make a move and talk to the marketer about that. If they want to see more and get a little more perspective, just like in real estate, not every, not every four or five that you see is actually going to make the sale. Um, not every four or five is actually going to be you know, maybe not comfortable and so we have to maybe take a look and you know maybe we need to change direction and, and take a look at a different type of community. So Yeah. It's funny you mentioned like in real estate because I've always compared what you do similar to what I do when I'm working with a home buyer. Right. You know, I, I understand their likes and dislikes. You get a feel for what they want and need in a home 
and then right. take them to look at some homes, do the debrief, and then go look at more homes if need be. So it's a very right. similar process. Right. Um, and it's also similar in the sense that this is going to be their home. Right. You know? and, and in your case, they could be going from a home that they've been in for 30, 40 years. So exactly. it's a big change anyway. Exactly. So you're going to see maybe some resistance, um, you know, some inner struggle with them. So your, under, your background helps you understand that, which right. I think is great. Um, and then getting them in a position to make a good decision for them because what we don't want to see them do is make a decision that may not be so good and they have to change again. Exactly. And that's exactly. not what we want to see. It's very stressful. You know, you want to get it right the first time. Right. You want to make sure that, you know, they're comfortable with this choice and that it's the right option for them. Right. Because if you don't get it right the first time, you know, they're not going to be happy. They're not going to be comfortable. They're going to feel out of their element there. And then eventually they're going to want to move. It's a big financial burden for them. Sometimes there's even negative outcomes from it yeah. if they're not happy, you mm -hmm. know, if they're not feeling good. So I want to make sure, I want to prevent that, get it right the first time so they don't have to deal with that. Right. Well, so. your background certainly helps in what you do, and you can tell the passion in what you do. Um, uh, Douglas's information is on screen for those of you who are watching on video. If you're listening on your favorite podcast channel, then his information is in the caption. Um, but you can reach out to Douglas via email, phone, uh, and also his website is there as well. Douglas, thank you very much for coming and sharing all of your breadth of knowledge. I appreciate that. Thank you for having me, Brian. My pleasure. Hey everybody, Jared Sebesti, your host of Retire Repurposed. This podcast is dedicated to help people transition into fulfilling and purposeful retirements. Retirement is a big life change. In fact, the two most dangerous years of a person's life are the year they were born and the year they retire. Few people could just flip the switch from working a career 30 or 40 plus years retiring on Friday without methodical steps to living what we call a repurposed retirement. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.